Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Gathering. In today's episode, we are going to finish off our in more in-depth look into the new Commander 2020 decks coming out by jumping into Cathril the Aspic Warper, or Symbiotic Swarm. So why don't you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome back to this one. I previously mentioned this is probably going to be my favorite commander out of all of these uh, new commander decks coming out. Uh, it's definitely the one I'm going to be buying. I might buy some other ones, but this one is for sure I'm going to get. So right off the top, of course, let's just jump into the commander, Cathril Aspic Warper. It's a green, black, white, two-colorless, 3-3 legendary creature, Nightmare Insect. Its ability is a little long, so bear with me here. When Cathril Aspic Warper enters the battlefield, put a flying counter on any creature you control if a creature card in your graveyard has flying. Repeat this process for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. Then, put a plus one counter on Cathril for each counter put on the creature this way. And just uh, based off the commander alone is why I kind of really like this deck. I like that he'll play off the graveyard, placing stuff on creatures you have while powering himself up. That's all things I really enjoy to do in Magic. If my commander can play off the field, graveyard, and itself all at the same time, uh, you can't really go wrong there. I also kind of, from just a rudimentary glance into it, I would say it's almost like a counters deck as well. And not a traditional counters deck, the plus one counters, which is more traditional, because they do have this new mechanic coming out where you can place flying counters, like the, or like the card stated, you can place counters that give certain abilities to creatures and place them on there, which is also one of my new favorite abilities coming out of here. That definitely lended to me really liking this deck because that's probably my favorite new mechanic between mutate cycling in and this this is probably my favorite i think he is going to be a really good commander in general and the deck definitely is built well for him i think another really cool thing with him it says he could put it on any creature you control so that's only one creature if it was more than one it'd be way too overpowered but so you could place it on any one creature but you can place it it doesn't say any other creature which in is very important in how text is written so that does mean you can place these counters on him if you wanted to, which some of them could really be beneficial because he's going to get plus one counters at the same time too. The biggest drawback is to it or is as he enters the battlefield. So it's only going to do that when it enters the battlefield and with what you have in your graveyard. So that makes it a little difficult, but obviously these decks are built with the commander in mind when they're going through for the rest of the cards. So there's probably going to be ways to make that happen more. And if there wasn't, I would probably edit this deck and place uh, bounce cards in here or blink cards, bounce it out of the field and back in, you know, just to get that ability more than one time. If those aren't in here, I haven't done a full look. If those aren't in here, that's my first recommendation right off the bat. Overall, he seems really interesting. I am excited to play with him and him or her. It's a bug. It's an insect. You know, I don't know. Happy to play with them. And we'll see what happens when uh, these decks come out in a couple weeks here. So, but moving from Cathril, we do got to get a little bit of a look into uh, some of the other cards that are coming out with this and kind of see how it's going to be built with him in mind. So first off, we have Tayum, the Luminous Enigma, is a green, black, white, one colorless, 3-3 legendary creature, Nightmare bait Beast. This is another one. It's the color combinations. There's at least one that is a mythic color combinated to the commander. I said previously could be Commander switch ins and outs. For all of these so far, I've seen, I would say you could almost just build your own commander deck with that card in mind rather than switching the second card in for the main commander. Uh, just because these decks definitely seem to re 
more revolve around the commander that they're positioned with. And not to say that the other decks in the past don't, but this one is definitely, I feel like, more to that absolute. But Tayum, its ability is each other creature you control enters the battlefield with additional vigilance counter on it. That is something I like. And it does speci sp uh, specifically say additional vigilance counter. So if it were to add a vigilance counter, it would have two. Just in case somebody has a way to remove counters, that's a good way to, or to have multiple on there. But then it does also in his ability is three colorless, three generic. Remove three counters from among creatures you control. Put the top three cards of your library into the graveyard, then return a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So like I was saying, if you can remove the counters, now this is beneficial to you. You can remove counters, but you won't be removing all of them. If you have two or three of a counter on one card or two counters on two different cards, you can potentially uh, be not losing those counter abilities on whatever creature you have. Now being able to toss them to your graveyard is beneficial for Catharill right off the top. Having that send to graveyard abilities so you can play off his ability is really nice. But then you also get to bring back a permanent card with converted mana cost three or less, which I think is definitely really good just based off of uh, a lot of times those end up being return creature card. And this one is permanent card. So even artifacts or anything like that, say you pitch something to the graveyard that's not going to benefit with Catharill's ability, you can bring it back. So that's really cool. Moving from Tayum, uh, we'll go into the partner cards here, starting with Yannick, Scavenging Sentinel. Is a white-green, two-colorless, 3-3, three, three, legendary creature, Hyena Beast, partnered with Nakara, Layer Scavenger, which we'll get to here in a second. Having the ability Vigilance, along with when Yannick, Scavenging Sentinel, enter this battlefield, exile another creature you control until Yannick leaves the battlefield. When you do, distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of target creatures where X is the exiled creature's power. So I guess the best thing right off the top with this is that he's not getting rid of him forever. It's like a beneficial Oblivion Ring or beneficial Fiend Hunter. We get to exile a creature till it leaves, but it's your creature and it benefits you, and then your creature will come back at the end. So that's really nice. Now it does have Vigilance, so this is a card that is, if it was in the graveyard, is going to be playing off of Cathro's ability. And then you're going to see a lot of cards that do that in here. This definitely, I would say... Uh, has the most of those type abilities, Vigilance, Trample, Menace, then on so forth, for cards in the deck, which makes sense with Catherill, obviously. But moving from Yannick, Scavenger to Sentinel, I would say a good card. We're going to go to his partner, because it's definitely good to the best picture when you have the two cards together. His partner is Nakara, Layer Scavenger, is a black two colorless, three drop, two two legendary creature, Human Cleric. Is partnered with Yannick, Scavenging Sentinel, obviously. Has Menace, so going back to Cathril, having a card that you can play off his ability with, or its ability with. Whenever another creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had one or more counters on it, you draw a card and you lose one life. So you lay in Yannick, you get those X plus one counters, and say another creature dies. If it had those plus one counters on it, you draw a card and you lose one life. The lose life part is a drawback, but since you can place those plus one counters across on... Many creatures, you can do one counter, remove one counter, draw a card, lose a life. If you have a little bit of life gain, that solves that issue. One life isn't much to lose off of just an ability. I tend to not play abilities that make me lose life, even though there's many really good ones. Uh, that's just kind of my play style. This is one I could definitely get my see myself getting behind since it's only one life. That's not much to, to be worrying about on a turn basis. While, in my opinion, I wouldn't say these are the best partner just to come out of this commander deck, they are definitely good. They're going to do what it needs to be done 
play off of each other well. I think the Retriever and the Human guy from one of the previous decks, that's probably my favorite partners coming out of this so far. Probably just because it's a dog and a man playing fetch, but they're really good too, but that's probably what really pushes it over the top for me. But not overall, not bad partners. We'll jump from them. We're going to move into, which is the first one that's been off the top, is the Planeswalker, Ajani Unyielding. Uh, for those who don't know, Ajani Unyielding, this is a reprint. This one specifically, I believe, came out of a Planeswalker deck. I have him in one of my decks around here. But now they reprinted him for this, and he kind of works for it because he is more of like a counters Planeswalker. But Ajani Unyielding is a six drop, one white, one green, four colorless or generic. Enters with a loyalty of four. Starting ability is a plus two. Reveal the top three cards of your library, put all non-land permanent cards revealed this way into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Minus two, exile target creature, its controller gains life equal to its power. And then minus nine, put five plus one counters on each creature you control, and five loyalty counters on each other planeswalker you control. Uh, overall, I say he finds a place, he finds a home in this deck, but I wouldn't say he's built like the deck's built for him. Those five plus one counters and those five loyalty counters is kind of what is in mind because this is definitely, like I said previously, I believe this is not just an ability deck, it's counters. It's going to have a lot of counters in there. So I feel like he finds a home in there. Probably the best one you're going to find for this deck, just off of face value. I'm sure there's some I'm missing. If there is any you think of, let me know. But not a horrible choice. Uh, you can't go wrong. But I always like to cover those first five cards in the, in the listing here uh, before we take a quick pullback. But before we do that, there is one more I definitely have to get to, because I did see that he was in here. Uh, when I first saw this deck, I thought he would be perfect for the deck, so that the fact that he's coming with it is really awesome. That's Onark Lunark Marshall, and he has similar ability as Catherill. Odric Lunark Marshall's is a 4-drop, 1-white, 3-colorless, or generic. Is a 3-3 legendary creature human soldier. At the beginning of each combat, creatures you control gain first strike until end of turn if a creature you control has first strike. And then the same is true for flying, death touch, double strike, haste, hexproof, indestructible, lifelink, menace, reach, skulk, trample, and vigilance. So this is really good. This card is definitely going to combo out really well with Cathril in my opinion. Because if you use Cathril to give something else, any of those abilities, and Odric's on the field at the same time, Odric's going to then replicate that ability to all of your other ones that didn't get the counter. So those two together are going to be a real big powerhouse. Definitely a super good card to have in here. Uh, like I said, if it wasn't coming in this deck, I would have first card I would have put in probably. But now that I got my little fanboy out of the way there, because I really do like that card, we got to pull back a little bit here and look at the kind of cards that they have that are built for this deck. The kind of cards that you're going to really need and you're going to need a lot more of. A lot of cards are going to be able to play well off of Cathro's ability, and they definitely delivered. Just looking at the first couple, they got two drop flyers. There's four drop lifelinks. This one here specifically is a monstrosity, playing on those counters abilities again as well. But as Hunter becomes monstrous, put a lifelink counter on each of up to X target creatures you control. That plays off of the new mechanic coming out in this deck really well. That is the new mechanic coming out in this deck, is those counters being able to be distributed out and giving them lifelink instead of doing it through an instant or a sorcery and there's much more in there we got things that'll give your stuff haste hexproof just about anything you could think of when it comes to those abilities now as i kind of look i'm gonna look so the biggest baddies i see in here that are really going to play well with his abilities you get something like zabolta Zab excuse me is that tolpa primal dawn is a four eights eight drop elder dinosaur came out of the ixlan packs is flying double strike vigilance trample indestructible 
that's in your graveyard. You're going to be dishing out those counters onto someone else as well. And then you get a Chroma Angel of Wrath is a 8-drop 6-6 six, six Angel, flying for Strike, Vigilance, Trample, Haze, Protection from Black and from Red. They definitely loaded in a lot of these cards with those abilities uh, on them to really play off Cathrill. I would say more than anything, those three the three decks, this deck, uh, Cycling deck, and Mutate are definitely, I feel like, to to show off the new newer mechanics or the bigger mechanics coming out in this deck. And this one, just like those ones, is definitely heavily focused that way. Not that the other decks aren't going to show it, but I feel like these those three are really going to show it. Now, interestingly enough, with this deck, just looking off of what we what we have available right on the front here, I don't see many cards to be able to bounce Cathro in and out, besides maybe just killing him and sending him back to the command zone. So that is definitely something I would suggest to have be put in there, is you're going to want ways to move him in and out without him dying, because then people can just find other ways for to deal with him by putting things, like I said previously, Fiend Hunter Oblivion Ring, and that kind of could shut down a lot. This deck will be able to stand on its own without him, because there's a lot of high-powered stuff in here, but if your commander gets shut down right away for this deck, it's not going to be the best situation for you, for sure. So that's something I would think first off is it might need some some of those bounce abilities, some of those blink abilities in here. Bounce mainly around blue, but with blink, there's a lot of white blink, so you can like exile target creature, return it at the beginning of the next end step or the next step, or exile it, return it. Stuff like that to really play off of his ability more, I think would do, do this deck real good justice. Now, like I had read with Vitality Hunter, which is the lifelink distributing counters deck or card. There's other ones in here like Slippery Bog Bonder is a hexproof. When it enters, put a hexproof counter on target creature, then move any number of target creatures from among creature counters from among creatures you control onto that creature. So it's another one of those. So it's not just your commander that's going to be really playing off of those counter placing cards. But then again, I still think bouncing these in and out are going to be super beneficial. So I might end up taking out a certain amount of cards and putting in some blink to really play off of those cards specifically. Because the other ones, the ones that just have Death Touch or have Indestructible or have Lifelink, those ones you're going to want in your graveyard for your commander if you're really focusing on him. So having those blinks for the other. Now, having those cards out is going to be great because they have those great abilities and it's very heavily focused that way. But I feel like making sure that you get what you want going to the graveyard when you want it would be really good. Now, just thinking off of that topic, I do also, from a basic glance, I don't see much graveyard return either, which is very easy in a green-black color-combinated deck, especially with just black on its own. So that's another thing I would probably say right off the bat as well that this deck could probably benefit from having is more graveyard return, because if you're putting good cards to your graveyard to play off of your commander and your commander ends up getting indisposed from say like oblivion ring then you're gonna maybe want a way to pull back those cards as well uh any of the ones that do end up in the graveyard uh, this is one i hadn't actually previously seen as well that kind of has similar to odric lunark marshall and as well as the commander is majestic meyer arch Five drop star star chimera is power and toughness are each equal to twice the number of creatures you control. Super nice right off the bat. I re- cards that do that are, are pretty damn good in my opinion. 
At the beginning of each combat, if you control a creature with flying, Majestic Monarch also gains flying. The same is true for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Haste, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. So previously, Odric was the only other one I had really seen that had that ability, and then now Nethril. I didn't know about this one, which I believe it looks like it came out of one of the Ixalan packs. If there's more like that, you're going to want to put those in here too, because this is going to be really nice. So you can kind of see that this deck is really going to focus around those type of abilities more than anything. Flying, Death Touch, Double Strike, Flying... Lifelink, flying, vigilance, flying. Did I mention flying? Yeah, flying, uh, death touch, and and flying. Uh, they're going to be super good for you to have in there. But we're going to pull. We'll pull a little bit back further here, and we'll get a quick look at the artifact mana situation. The artifacts seem pretty close. Uh, just basic ones: arcane signet, soul ring, commander's sphere. All the other decks seem to have those as well. And there's some artifact. There's a little. There's artifact creature or two. But overall, doesn't have very much uh, artifacts in this deck overall. When it comes to something like equipments, it makes sense because a lot of the cards have a, those type of abilities that equipments might give you, so they're not as needed. But there is one in here like Swiftwood Boots, which is just a nice little hexproof haste artifact equipment. But it makes sense that they don't have those in there. Uh, pretty standard in the artifact department. Instances and sorceries. So there is a couple I see actually that will return from the graveyard, but then. The rest kind of seem more generic when it comes to an instant and sorcery. They're, and I don't mean generic as in like bad or bland, but what you would expect from those colors of, of, of green, white, and black. The instances are pretty standard for those colors is kind of what I mean with that. You get stuff like Cultivate, uh, Ever After, which is one of the Graveyard Returns, D-Spark, different ones like that. They're pretty common for those colors. Nothing just from a quick look, nothing extremely standout-ish when it comes to the type of deck this is. Now this one I definitely missed, and this one's interesting. I'd say Deadbridge Chant. That is, uh, I guess it came out with something like Dragon Maze or originally. Super good enchantment. The other enchantments are pretty standard, uh, but this one... Uh, I feel it's going to be super good for this deck because when it enters the battlefield, put the top 10 cards of your library into your graveyard, which helps your commander work its ability. Some people not like that, that it's putting 10 straight cards off of your commander deck. That's a tenth of your deck to the graveyard right away when it's played. But uh, it also has at the beginning of your upkeep, choose a card at random in your graveyard. If it's a creature, put it on the battlefield, otherwise put it into your hand. So that's super good. That's probably one of the best cards I think you could have in here for your commander and for the ability creatures to return them. So as far as enchantment goes, this is definitely the best one I see in this deck. I'll do a quick look again. Uh, the closest one that comes to it is maybe Kamatra, the god of harvest, which is a Theros god, uh, which is an enchantment creature, but still considered an enchantment. Uh, yeah, I would say this... Not only is it a perfect card for this deck, it is definitely the best enchantment in this deck. So it's really nice that they have this in here. As far as lands go, just like all the other ones, I've said it two other times, I'll say it again. We got generic, like super generic, gain life, tap for two different colors. When it enters, it might hurt or it does damage, tap for one of every color. And then you get to the better ones. Uh, with like bounce lands. This one has Celestia Sanctionary, green white, Gagori Rot Farm, black green, and Orzhov Basilica, uh, white black. Those are nice. They'll enter tapped, return a land to your hand, tap for one of either of those colors. 
or for one of both of those colors, excuse me. It actually has something like Gavany Township in here, which is funny because if the counters put a plus one counter on each creature control is a white green tap or tap white green and two colorless. Pretty good land to have for this deck. Uh, still a little more standard or generic, not like a, not over the top amazing. That's definitely a little bit more unique to this deck, specifically when it comes to the mana for every one of these commander decks. But outside, it's still it's it's not like OP. Uh, we have Command Tower, which uh, you guys probably know how I feel about Command Tower. I freaking love it. Add one mana of any colored commander color identity. Super good card to have. The fact that it doesn't enter tapped makes it much better than Sandstep Citadel, which is the other tap one of either of the three colors. This one's tap one of any of the three colors, but it doesn't enter tapped, so that's super nice. I'm kind of trying, I'm trying to see, I think Gavany Township is the closest to a unique, unique to this deck kind of card. There's other ones that I think, like Grim Backwaters or Blighted Woodland, I'm not sure if they're in the other decks at all, but they're not more designed for this deck, whereas this one is placing counters, which kind of goes with the theme of the deck in a way. So I would say, eh, that's probably the, which is a little, I mean, it's not bad. Also, oh, there is also the Exotic Orchard, Orchard. I don't know if this is in the other ones either, but it is tap, add your to your mana pool one mana of any color that a land an opponent controls could produce, which most of the time can end up being just a generic mana, but not horrible. Uh, still not, I wouldn't say, unique to this theme of the deck. Closest to that, what I'd say is Gavany Township. And that's not to say that any of these are bad for the deck. Uh, I was just trying to see if they had mana that kind of is themed along with the deck. So as far as the artifacts, the enchantments, then sorceries, instant sorceries, the mana, I'd say overall it's pretty dang good. Uh, not horrible by any means at all. And in general, this deck looks really good. I'm excited to play this deck. I will have to wait and see when they come out. Because you could, I could have expectations for this, and it's not what it is. But that's why you edit the decks you can get when it comes to Commander. Change them in and out, and build the pond. Give your own little taste to it. Which sometimes I feel like could be the only true downfall to a pre-con, is that everyone plays a little bit differently. So sometimes a deck just might need your unique flair. But I still will always recommend to buy pre-cons uh, when it comes to Commander, because you're getting a lot of good cards regardless. Uh, if you're happy with how the deck performed or not. I stated before, I'm most excited for this one 100%, so I'm extremely biased. It, it definitely, in my opinion, is the, the best one that there is out of all five of them. But we'll see. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. I would give it a really good if I continued with my scale. I'd say it's a really good deck above the other ones that are very good. Not, you know, like, holy crap insane, but definitely much better, in my opinion. And so I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm 100% on a hype train for this deck. I'm, I'm fanboying, for sure. It's, it's uh, got me pretty damn excited. I haven't gotten this excited for a pre-con since the Dragon one, uh, which I really enjoy that one as well. The Ur-Dragon Commander deck, which I recently seen is super expensive now, and I should have bought more than one at the time. But I had a Dragon EDH Modern, EDH Modern deck. And so when I had the Ur-Dragon, I had a perfect opportunity to change my current deck into a commander. And so I took cards that came out of there. Many I had already have, so I ended up with a bunch of duplicates. But uh, so I had cards from there and cards from my current modern dragon deck and made what I would consider probably one of my best commander decks out of all of them, even if I don't play with it that much anymore. 
I would say this deck is comparable to to that and how I'm uh, how I uh, how excited I am for it. Uh, the abilities are really cool. It has a lot of cards in here that I actually use and I like outside of it, uh, like Odric or Zatalpa or anything along those lines. Those are really, are cards I like. And there's many more in here. You probably have more than one card in this deck that you like or that you use probably on a more regular basis. So almost could be even if you don't play Commander, if you play Modern or Standard, it's a little different, obviously. But there's a lot of overall good cards in here, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, I would definitely recommend checking this deck out. Check any of these decks out. I believe it's May 17th is what I got pushed to. You can go get these decks. They're always priced appropriately. Most places are about 45, uh, maybe 50 with tax, somewhere around there. Uh, where I go, I get them for about 45. You're getting a lot of good cards coming out of here. If you like any of the abilities that you've heard in these previous episodes, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, might be a good idea to go do so to pick these up. If you want to see more on these, check out Mythic Spoiler. That's my preferred place where I look at cards for for packs and decks and stuff that uh, haven't come out yet. Or TCG Player uh, is another super good place, especially if you want to see pricing on these cards. It's the best place to go, in my opinion. And I'm not sponsored by either of those or anything like that. Those are just my preference, what I prefer to use. The ones I trust more than anything. I think this is going to be definitely one of the best uh, years for commander decks coming out and this pack definitely more commander friendly not to say any of the other ones aren't but this one i feel like is more those big creatures that are coming with this pack make sense when it comes to like you know commanders you have hulking beasts and stuff like that too to attack with uh in commander regardless uh if you guys are you know gonna get these commander decks or if you're just waiting for regular cards if you're gonna play for standard you know, this is going to be good all around, so may, uh, let me do a quick double check here. Coria released it. I'm almost certain it is May 17th. Okay, May 15th through May 17th. So I thought May 17th was a Friday, but it's actually May 15th. I don't know if that's pre-release or, or full pack release. Hopefully it's, you know, maybe it's both. Hopefully it's at least, you know, that full pack. We already got pushed back a month. I don't want to wait another week after a pre-release, but I know if they if they keep, if they keep it a, the same as they, you know, they have been, they always do pre-release first. I respect that at least, but uh, I'm a little impatient. But I understand if that's what it comes to. Uh, you know, I I can I can continue to wait it out, but I'm getting a little antsy. But you know, I didn't get my magic fix, but that's okay. That's okay. So May 15th, go check it out if that is the pre-release for your area. Pre-releases are cool. I I haven't done as much as I would have wanted to, but they're fun. Uh, check them out. Uh, those are priced pretty pretty appropriately for a little pre-release tournament. Otherwise, uh, when the pack comes out, if it is that May 15th date or, or not, for general release, again, I highly recommend to go get out, go to your local game stores, that's where I recommend more anything. Support your local game store, especially after all this craziness. Because it's unfortunate that some will probably end up being closed. But if there is any store, local game store in your area, that reopens when this is all over, please, please, please go buy from them. It's been a crazy, you know, so many weeks. And they're going to definitely need that support more than ever. Uh, there's a lot of businesses that are going to be struggling. And if, you, you know, as a community, I think... It's uh, definitely on us. We should definitely support these. Sometimes I'll just buy my cards straight off of online, but I'll be definitely going to local stores to be paying any way I can to help, 
you know, this community is amazing and, and the owners of those stores, they're generally amazing people. And I just definitely think they need our support when this is over. If I had a way to help support these, these, uh, local game stores more than I can by just saying on my podcast to a couple of people, I would, I do with what I can. I will spend my money there. I will say out here on the podcast, that's what we should do is to help them out. But definitely, definitely, if you really want these Ikoria products, I I really plead with you to buy them from your local game stores. And I don't mean Walmart or Target. I mean your local, uh, your small business game stores, because they're going to need it. Overall, just to kind of go back, uh, this is my favorite deck. I'm super excited for Ikoria. If you guys couldn't tell, I'm a fanboy, especially over this deck. Your price, the the price of these are are appropriate. If you have the money to spend it, the extra money, go out and buy them. I recommend it. You know, and uh, we'll stay strong as a community. We'll figure it out. I wanted to thank you guys so very much for listening. It means a lot for even just one other person to hear me. I mean, the more the merrier, though. So tell your friends, uh, tell anyone that you know that likes magic, you know, check check out the podcast. Please, you know, uh, give me a review over uh, anywhere you get your podcast, Google, Spotify, Apple, anything like that. Uh, please leave me a review. It'll help me out. I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you again. Love you very much. I hope you have a beautiful day.